0: Hey there guys and welcome back to the Travis and Damien podcast episode 101. We're available on anchor.fm slash Travis Damien podcast along with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. Today we're going to be talking about Kanye West. Now I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the Andor <laughs> finale, the Super Mario movie, Sonic Frontiers, Guardians 3, such Hector quintuplets, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the Smash World Tour and more. So first let's just dive into the Andor finale that happened last week i believe um i literally just watched it uh this morning and i can firmly say uh obviously it's gonna be a spoiler discussion um yeah this is like one of the better pieces of star wars media that we've gotten through disney plus i think that the finale itself it did a very good job of sort of building up to what the climax of the episode was going to be and then the ending sort of leading off into a season two
1: yeah, I basically agree with what you said. Like I think the show they did a great job just building everything towards this finale. Um, you know, obviously the show was like way different than any of the other Star Wars shows, any of the other Disney shows in general. It's obviously a lot more darker and stuff. But um it really like learned to take its time. Like I feel like a lot of the other Disney shows like were always felt like they were rushed, right? Like always feel like the ending was rushed or things weren't fleshed out properly. I feel like this show was the first I think Mandalorian did a pretty okay job at this too, but um, I feel like the show in particular really did a good job fleshing everything out and, you know, really leaving things open for a season two and stuff. So, um, you know, I think all that was great. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I think I still prefer Mandalorian just because I really like Mandalorian, but this is yeah. very good. Like, I think this show does a lot of great things, um, you know, uh has great characters, great world building and stuff. like it's, it's just really great all around. And I think this finale really shows all its strengths uh, coming together here. So yeah, really good finale.
0: Yeah, I think that with this season in particular, and because of the existence of, of Rogue One, you can't fully say that this is something completely isolated from Star Wars. This is not something 100% new. But because this, this is dealing with something that is away from... You know, the Skywalker stuff and everything like that. We don't see a lot of stormtroopers or anything that's really established within the Star Wars mythos until the finale, really. And I think that that's one of the big reasons why the show succeeds really really well and I think that it brings a lot of people back to Mandalorian season one where it was very much isolated within the Star Wars universe because the galaxy is very big and you don't need to have all the Skywalker stuff middle in there and not to say that I don't want that stuff in there obviously it was super cool to see that in season two and as we'll talk about with the uh, release date for season three later you know Mandalorian season three is looking to be filled with more surprises and things like that but it's good to have a different sort of Star Wars show to sort of balance that out with, you know, a show that's, you know, not necessarily catering to fan service, but it has it in there for the purpose of the story and having this show like Andor that is dealing with a established character, maybe not a very well-known one, but having a story that is talking about the rebellion, fighting the Empire, all that other stuff.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think it... It just works well, even if you're not like a like a Star Wars fan. like I think I could recommend this to people that are like, not big Star Wars fans, just because, you know, the basic story is just like, you know, uh, evil empire versus like a resistance uprising and stuff. You know, I think like anyone could get down with that. Like, you know, there's not so much lore or whatever you really have to know. Yeah. Um, you know, I think everything is pretty much explained right there. And, you know, it's a lot more gritty. So it's going to get people to like it more because I know the whole Jedi stuff might be a little too fantastical for some people, whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, especially at the end, like, you know, I think the whole, uh, you know, Andor's mom doing the whole speech thing at the end, like I felt like, oh yeah, that was really good. Like just a good, you know, just, yeah, resistance rise up from <laughs> shit. So yeah. yeah, I think like this story could be appreciated by just about anyone. Like it doesn't just have to be Star Wars fans. And I think, I think that's what Disney plus is also like kind of missing. Um, cause I feel like their major shows, like you kind of have to be, a fan of Star Wars or you kind of have to be a fan of Marvel to really appreciate it. Uh, this show, I feel like you could just watch it as a good show. Um, so yeah, I, I think that is also another like good point for this show, you know?
0: Yeah, I think that that is something that is definitely worth bringing up. I think that as a Star Wars show, it's good, but also as a standalone show for people that are not familiar with it, it can also be good. And I think that because that you don't need to know a lot. You might be a little more invested in like the side stories that don't involve with our main character, Cassian Andor. You know, I think that that's one of the main criticisms people bring up when they talk about the show is that like, oh, I don't care about these side characters or I don't care about these side stories that are going on and everything like that. But I think that, you know, if the show mainly focused on Andor, it could have it could have done well. But I think that bringing that context in into the story seeing how all of these other characters are sort of dealing with the actions that Cassian andor is doing you know throughout the galaxy and seeing how you know they're all trying to find him or whatever the case is you know I think that that really brings the show all together
1: yeah I mean I also think it's supposed to show that uh, Cassian's actions have like giant ripple effects for like every other character or, every, <laughs> or everyone in the galaxy um, you know it kind of goes into saying that um you know, like he didn't want to really like he didn't well he believed in the resistance cause, but he didn't think anything could really be done about it, but all his actions in the show has obviously caused a resistance to happen, so by the end he's like okay i i am gonna join the Goddamn resistance, so <laughs> I think the show did good jobs really showing his effects you know even they even though they were unintentional, like all the other characters felt like how strong these ripples were, so I think you know the all these side characters and plots. Uh, did a good job sort of bolstering, like, uh, Cassian's actions and stuff. So, yeah, I think the show wouldn't have not been as strong if it wasn't for all those other side plots. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, going back to the speech with his mom, you know, um, I know that there was uh, a thing that was floating around that, like, instead of saying, uh, fight the Empire, they want to say, F the Empire. Oh, which, yeah. <laughs> You know, that would have been uh, maybe a little too edgy. I think that it works. Um you know fight the empire within that context because right after they fought the empire um i think saying something like that was definitely going to be a little out of left field and definitely would have been on twitter and probably caused more people to possibly maybe even watch the show that might have been good pr who knows but i think that you know having it stay as you know fight the empire sort of keep it within i guess like the star wars tone because i guess within star wars they don't really curse or really do all that stuff because of You know, they know that this is sort of a a property dedicated or not dedicated, but, you know, much more geared towards kids. That's sort of what it was built on. And obviously, you know, a lot of those fans grew up now and, you know, they're still loving Star Wars. And and that's great. And there's obviously new fans are still (laughs) coming in, whether it's with the new Disney movies or even with the new Disney shows with The Mandalorian and, and stuff like that. You know, we still have to remember that, you know, everything or most of the, I guess, pop culture sort of media is is you know mainstream and you kind of have to gear that towards as many people as you can if
1: possible yeah I just feel like that wouldn't really fit either like Mm -hmm. I feel like oh F the Empire I don't know I feel like (laughs) F the Empire sounded better it sounded more like what a leader would probably say uh, in general so I think I think that was good enough Um, you know I think the whole speech was good as was you know as is so um, yeah and honestly just the uh, I guess like the how graphic that scene was we're not graphic in terms of like you know people like game literally, you know, blowing up or whatever. Yeah. But I guess in terms of, like, how, like, realistic it is of, like, more mob, sort of, like, riot scenes or whatever, like, I don't know, I thought it, it handled that very well. So, um, yeah, like, just that whole finale was just really good. Um, you know, and like I said, you know, it leaves a lot open, well, not open, but it leaves a lot for season two, which is good as well. Like, not everything was obviously resolved here, because, which is good, because, you know, oh, okay, yeah, we're obviously gonna get more in the season two, so.
0: Yeah, it leaves something to look forward to, which, uh, you know, hopefully that is sometime soon, hopefully within the next year, because right now there's no current uh, airing Disney Plus show weekly. So, you know, me and David are going to have to be sitting around twiddling our thumbs with the Disney Plus app. But yeah, uh, overall, I think that Andor is a very, very good show. Um, Obviously, if you're listening to us, you know what the spoilers are. But, you know, obviously, if you have friends in your life or family members that, you know, think would like this show of any of any capacity, you know, show them the first three episodes, hopefully they'll be able to get invested in. If not, they don't have to watch the rest because the first three episodes are pr- pretty self-contained.
1: Yeah, I, I would say yeah, if you do watch the show, like you should watch the first three episodes like together, like before like passing judgment, because, you know, I think the show is pretty slow. But like, again, like I said in the previous podcast, you know, every like three episode increment has like a really big event that happens And, you know, I think it uh, builds up to it very well. So I'll say at least give up to episode three. And if you still don't like it, then don't watch it. But um, I I definitely think the game, the the game, the show (laughs) rewards you for really, like, keeping up with everything and all that. So, yeah, it's a very rewarding show. I really enjoyed it. Um, And I'm looking forward to it. I never thought, you know... They would get me to care this much about Andor from Rogue One, but here we are. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we will move on from there. Let's get into the general news, the first part of it anyways. So first, we're going to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie trailer 2. They sort of just dropped this on us. I believe it released on my birthday, right? November 30th? Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, no, I so. November 29th. Anyways, uh. Uh, so yeah, we have another trailer for the Mario movie and... It looks good. I think that just from the vibe that this trailer was giving off with the jokes and sort of like uh, Mario going through the levels, sort of like a fish-out-of-water experience. I guess like his first time going through, you know, uh, I I almost said Green Hill. Uh, You know, the first (laughs) levels of, uh, you know, Mushroom Kingdom, all that stuff, you know. Mushroom Uh, Kingdom? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun just seeing him, uh, I guess like within these more goofier moments that I guess Illumination are are a lot more well known for and I'm glad that they're able to sort of sprinkle that in while you know abiding to whatever Nintendo's guidelines are for this movie so yeah I mean like I'm looking forward to it obviously the cast and sort of like the voice acting is still a controversial topic with Chris Pratt being the main lead and I in my opinion, everyone else is kind of delivering on their roles. I don't think we've heard Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong yet. We saw him, no, you yet. know. Yeah. Uh, he does look pretty cool. But, you know, overall, I am definitely looking forward to this movie. At At best, it is going to be a... Or sort of... My expectation is is that it'll be a enjoyable movie. But at best, it'll be like a very, very good movie that I can sort of say say it is just as good as the Sonic movie, if not better. But, um, you know, sort of holding my breath on that one.
1: <laughs> so... Honestly, I, I didn't expect the tone to be more of like a I guess more of an adventure movie. Like yeah. it's a lot more epic than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> um, so that was kinda cool. Um, yeah, like you said, I think all the voice casts are really good, except, you know like Chris Pat isn't bad. He just feels kinda bland and, and that's about it. Like, you know, all his signature lines are just like whatever, like it's let's a go. I don't think he's like whispering it or whatever, but the wahoo is a little weak. But um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, we're gonna get used to it. You know, like yeah. we're just gonna get used to it. And I think everyone else is good. Like Charlie Day as Luigi, I think is great. I mean, I kind of have a bias against that because I love sunny Philadelphia, <laughs> and I, I think Charlie as Luigi just kind of makes sense. You know, obviously Jack Black as uh, Bowser is great as well. Peach is good. Um, so yeah, I, and visually, I think the movie looks great. Like you know, I think all the the visuals are great. All the character designs look very true to their game format obviously a little bit different but Mm -hmm. you know i think illumination actually did a great job animating this movie because all the other movies are very like you know whatever like minions and whatever you know it's they're nothing like crazy looking but this movie actually is like very very pretty um and yeah i'm just kind of looking forward to see what they have you know there's a lot of references obviously there's like mario kart rainbow road you know there's a there's a bunch of things going on so um yeah, overall, I, I have hope. <laughs> I hope it's going to be good. Uh, you know, I, think, I definitely think you know, the main takeaway is going to be that Mario is the weakest part of the movie. But yeah. besides that, I think the movie might be pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that the fact that they are tapping into so many references and so many sort of like, I guess, things that Mario has done. You know, obviously, they are doing the plumber aspect, the Mario Kart stuff. I think that that was a pretty good surprise because I feel like for most people these days, when they think about Mario, they might think about Mario Kart. Because that's sort of like the go-to sort of like normie Mario game people play, in my yeah. opinion. Maybe maybe I'm a little ignorant to that. But I feel like more people <laughs> play Mario Kart than like Mario Odyssey, for example, you know, kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. Mario Kart is, you know, very easy. You just pick up and play and, you know, you race a car and see what happens. Um, but, yeah, you know, I am very much uh, looking forward to how this movie does. It looks like that they're using pretty much anything and everything within the Mario IP uh, to... Is, uh, disposal. Obviously, that one shot of the Yoshis running around uh, was pretty cool. You know, seeing all of those different colored Yoshis, that that uh, flower pit of the fire flowers was pretty cool as well. So, it's going to be neat to see how these, how the different aspects of Mario's universe interact within this movie, because obviously, you know, w- we'll see how the mushroom works, if there are even any mushrooms for them to use to, I guess, like, sort of get bigger or whatever. So
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if, like, <laughs> If this actually becomes, like, a an MCU, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> like, like, PJ says, "Yo, yeah, there's a whole galaxy out there. Like, where the fuck are you insinuating? <laughs> so, you know, I don't know if they're going to do, like, obviously they're going to do more Mario stuff. But I don't know yeah. if it's going to break into the greater Nintendo thing, like the Smash movie that everyone wants or whatever. Like, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Probably not. But, um... You know, like you know, if if, if there's an ending credit scene, is like fucking Link is there, like I, like <laughs> why, <laughs> like I don't know, but it's gonna be interesting to see what happens here. Uh, you know, yeah. video game movies have definitely come a long way. Um, you know, I think you know Sonic definitely helped a lot. So and Mario is good too. Then yeah, that's that's great for just this whole genre of video game movies, I guess, or movies, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, so I was well, speaking of Sonic. Um, we got a, <laughs> like a surprise thing that came out of nowhere. Uh, Sonic Frontiers is going to be getting DLC next year, and it's going to be free. This is all free, um, and they released a roadmap. And obviously, you know, just some lighter stuff like a jukebox, a photo mode, uh, new challenge modes, whatever. Uh, that's going to be an update one. I don't know when that's exactly coming out, but that's that. Um, update two is going to have is going to be about Sonic's birthday. Uh, Open Zone Challenge, uh, New Coco, and then Update 3, which is the big one, is new playable characters and a new story. So um, I guess we're going to be able to play as Tails, Knuckles, and Amy, and there's going to be a new story. Maybe after what happens in the main story, which will be kind of cool. I I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, that's kind of a big deal. I don't think... Uh, Tails, Knuckles, and Amy have been playable for a very long time in yeah. like a in like a single player Sonic game. Like obviously the racing games don't count. So um, <laughs> I, I, I like I'm trying to think of the last. I think it was like Sonic 06 was the last time they were all I think, playable. I,
0: yeah, I, I think you're actually right. I think it was Sonic O Six because probably after that they were like, "All right, we're not doing this shit again because we fucked it up so bad."
1: <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so it's been a very long time since any of them have been playable. So this is really cool. I don't know if it means. You could play them in the open zone or whatever, or they're gonna have their own little segments or whatever. Probably that, <laughs> but um, it's cool either way. Like I think being able to actually play Sonic's friends again, I think that's a big deal because it shows that they're willing to really move past the just boost, Sonic. like the boost formula, just Sonic like mantra they've been having for the last few years. So that that's really cool. Cause I think, I think there's room to at least bring in knuckles and tails again, you know, it's yeah. like really cool if, if mm-hmm. you know, if how they do her. So yeah, that that's really cool.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that, that, you know, the fact that they even released this roadmap so early to the fans is pretty cool. You know, it sort of gives people a incentive to continue playing the game or, you know, sort of sit on it and possibly come back to it whenever they do, uh, drop these updates because you know obviously it's going to be in 2023 if, if I had to guess the first update it's going to be within January to March second update between April to whenever and then the third update is probably going to be sometime during this time of year you know um, so yeah you know it's 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 very cool to see that we're getting like a first Sonic game that'll get, like, free updates kind of thing, because, you know, we see other games get these kind of, you know, like, free update kind of things. Like, even Nintendo has been doing it for so long with all of their, I guess, like, sport Mario games where they're like, oh, look, now we got more playable characters and different modes and stuff like that. But now, you know, it's Sonic's turn and Sonic's first big game since, like, you know, or should I say big successful game since, like, Generations. You know, back when Generations came out, it was, like, 2011 or something like that. And back then free updates were not really a thing and now we're sort of in an age where hey you know it's it's a good thing to update your game for free if if you know it's not gonna sort of mean that you're gonna release a whole new product because i think that releasing a whole new product is gonna be a sort of uh paywall if you will and even if they did release this stuff with a paywall i don't know if people would buy it you know because it seems like a lot of this content is sort of just like supplementary, which obviously is what DLC is. But I don't think it's like substantial enough, maybe for the new playable characters and the story. But that's all the way within update three.
1: Yeah, um, like I, I'm surprised like update three isn't paid for. It. <laughs> like the first two, I'm like, yeah, those could be free. That, that's whatever. But the last one being like free as well, that that that's pretty big. Um, especially cause, you know, um, Sonic doesn't really get a whole lot of DLC, like in general, yeah. like it's usually like very, like, like he has a like, casino night or whatever, like you know, he <laughs> no one really care. So, um, having like this amount of DLC for free is really cool. Plus I feel like the game wasn't really lacking in content to begin with. Like, I don't feel like I'm getting gypped or whatever. Like I know when Nintendo does it, sometimes it feels like, oh, this should have been in the game to begin with. Uh, with Sonic Frontiers, I, I didn't really feel that way. I felt like everything was in the game you know i i felt like i had a you know like a full experience so mm-hmm. i think this is just a nice bonus on top so yeah really, really cool that they decided to do this
0: yeah when it comes to sonic dlc the last thing i could really think of i guess like episode shadow and like sonic forces but even then yeah, it, it was like
1: an hour not yeah. even an hour it was like <laughs> 5 minutes
0: it's pretty much the length time of sonic forces but yeah. yeah you know it it's pretty much them reskinning sonic with shadow and adding some Excuse me, some, you know, different features and different, you know, things to make Shadow different from Sonic. Uh, With this time, you know, it's Tails, Knuckles and Amy and all three of them are probably going to play differently from Sonic. Um, I will never forget in Sonic 06 when Amy's double jump literally just made her go higher and not further. So, um, you know, hopefully, obviously it's been years since then so they probably learned uh that you know certain things need to be worked out if they're going to reintroduce these characters as playable characters like they did back then within sonic 06 sonic adventure 1 and 2 kind of thing
1: yeah hopefully they could figure it out
0: <laughs> yeah and obviously you finished the game so you know a lot more about the story than i do but I'm got a guess it's probably just gonna be like an epilogue thing or whatever because uh if you're yeah. showing this anime girl character she 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 does not die at the end if If I'm going to guess, don't tell me if I'm right or wrong, but that's just my guessing.
1: (laughs) Right. I would not say anything.
0: (laughs) Uh, But okay, we will move on from there. We got Guardians of the Galaxy 3 uh, trailer dropped. Uh, I forget which event happened yesterday. Brazilian Comic Con. Uh, so yeah they dropped some things Uh, they also dropped a Indiana Jones trailer as well but uh, we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and obviously James Gunn being the director of this you know you can obviously see that within the jokes and the humor and sort of how the movie is shot and filmed uh And yeah, I'm very, very much looking forward to this. People are already saying that this is going to be the greatest trilogy within the MCU, which I don't think is that hard to beat Uh, because <laughs> there's always one or two films that are sort of mid or whatever. Um, but it feels like within this trilogy in particular, because it is all James Gunn from beginning to end, it's actually going to be pretty consistent, obviously, with the uh, Avengers movies in between uh having that sort of you know changed how these characters are and and sort of their storylines obviously that'll play a part i wonder how gamora is going to be in the movie because you know she's kind of dead but we do see shots of her within the trailer (laughs) we don't know what context but um yeah i'm very much looking forward to this obviously uh or should i say (coughs) not obviously it's coming out in the summer which i think is pretty exciting i think that having a movie like this in the summer is going to be a good thing and pretty much get a lot of people back into theaters once again
1: yeah, um, honestly, like, the tone of the movie seems to be a little more serious than the usual Guardians. Obviously, there's still the jokes and stuff, and it's funny. Uh, but it just seems to be, like, more of a, you know, wrapping up these characters and what they've been through and all that stuff, you know, all the stuff with Gamora. Um, you know, obviously, if you don't know about that, like, I'm sorry, but you're, you're a few years behind you know, <laughs> on that spoiler. Um, and, yeah, it, it seems to be, like, Maybe touching on some of the backstories. Like I think Rocket looks like the, you saw like Baby Rocket or something yeah. like, uh, for a second. I, I feel like Rocket's gonna die. Like I don't know. It yeah, feels like I, a lot of like <laughs> that's, what a,
0: that's what a lot of people are predicting.
1: Yeah. So like it, it seems like something like that's gonna happen. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely feels like it's gonna be more of a like a serious movie, uh, which is good. You know, like I think um, you know having these more serious moments in the MCU uh, definitely feels strong, especially because you know. Whenever they get too overly jokey, it could be a little, like, you know, annoying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, sometimes you want something a little more substantial. So, um, I'm happy that this movie is kind of going in that route, and um, I'm very excited. I love Guardians. You know, I think, you know, Guardians 2 was okay, but, uh, you know, I really like Guardians 1. I like them whenever they show up in Avengers and stuff. So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to uh, Guardians 3 and seeing, like, how, I guess, this story ends for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's been years since I saw Guardians 2. I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters. So maybe I definitely have to rewatch it again. But yeah, I'm definitely in in that same boat as you. But I think it's also with the fact that when everyone walked in to watch Guardians 1, they were like, oh shit, like this movie is really good and no one really knew what to expect so going into it you know people were like oh my god it's so good and then you watch it and you're like yeah it is really good so when you go into guardians 2 you're sort of coming in with those same expectations but i know that there's a lot of people that really do like guardians 2 a lot more because of the story that it tells and everything like that and like you said, it seems like that this movie is going to be a lot more serious because I know James Gunn wants to wrap up the story for these characters. Maybe it's not the end for them in the MCU, but it, it's the end yeah. of, I guess, like the Guardians of the Galaxy, if you will. And, you know, seeing, I guess, like Rocket's backstory potentially within this movie, I think, can be a very good way to potentially send him off as a character. Um, but obviously, we'll just have to wait and see until the movie comes out if any of that is, is actually true. Um, and obviously, the soundtrack choice, you know, once again, really, really good. So, yeah. You'd always pick really good stuff for this.
1: Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm really looking forward to this movie. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't t- disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, next we have the Mandalorian season three. Uh, not much here. It just is coming out March first. Um, what I was gonna say? I had something I wanted to say.
0: Uh, they also <laughs> uh, told. Uh, uh, well, John Favreau also talked about how there's going to be a lot of big surprises and sort of big, bigger things to look forward to. If you thought season season two had a lot of big things, uh, this one's going to have more. things space battles, fight scenes, all that, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, and remember, because I haven't done this yet either, uh, watch Book of Boba Fett at least the last like two, (laughs) three episodes because it's very important. Uh, I haven't done that yet. Obviously, I have time. I'm going to do that now, Uh, especially because Andor is over. I might as well watch something. So, um. You know, make sure to do that because, you know, those last few episodes of Boba Fett basically Mandalorian 2.5. So, you'll be very confused if you don't know stuff. That's all I'm going to say if you don't know yet. but um, <laughs> I, Obviously, yeah. I already know, but um I, I need to know the context of how things happen. So, yeah, uh, yeah make sure I do that. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Pretty much, uh, you know, get you up to speed as to how they're back together is what I'm saying. Yeah, say. basically, because so. he's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are like, wait, how does... How, How is he and Grogu back together, you know, so um, yeah, you know, season three, very, very exciting. March 1st, that's obviously a ways away, but I'm sure that's just because they want to make sure everything sort of fine tuned and everything like that. But uh, quickly moving on from there, we're going to talk about Marvel Spider-Man. So there was news that the voice actor that played Harry Osborn will not be returning in the PS5 sequel. Uh, He said, I was bummed, but I get it uh scott porter uh who is the person that played harry osborne within the first spider-man game he was in like the uh audio logs and everything like that uh he will not be returning um i i think he uh said that something along the lines of uh the ages uh, between him and harry as a character was just too much to overcome that's just his theory uh which i can see because uh uh this guy's like 40 something so you know having him try to play i guess like a high schooler character kind of thing um i mean I, how old is yuri yuri luenthal fuck how old Actually, i have he? no idea oh let's see oh shit he's 51 i mean but like Holy he's shit. Hmm. <laughs> okay hold on, hold on now now my opinion's a little bit different because you know if they're both supposed to be you know like older versions of these characters then why can't he play harry right that's yeah, it's kinda
1: thing. weird. <laughs> like maybe it's just that Sony just has a different vision of how Harry is gonna be in Spider Man two. I mean, I know people in general are not really liking the uh you know, the change they did with Peter and stuff, you know, with his face. Um, and I know like maybe this decision might also seem a bit controversial, but I guess like, you know, his role was kinda minor in the first game as just being audio log, so they're just like, Okay, we'll just uh we'll just replace him <laughs> and no one would really care probably. Um but, you know, it's still kind of a disservice to the voice actor. And, um, you know, if Yuri's like that old, uh, you know, with play as Peter Parker, then I don't really see a reason why he can't play as Harry still. But I guess that's just their creative decision and how it's going to be. Um, again, we still haven't seen much of this game yet. But uh obviously I'm so excited for it. Uh I think we both are. Yeah. But um, you know, this decision really seems to be important for Sonyak, uh, with this series now. You know, the photorealism. You know, I've been very obsessed with it, uh, since, you know, the remastering now with Spider Man 2 to really want to make sure everything's like pretty photorealistic and stuff. So uh I guess it's being more in line with the other Sony studios, you know, uh, you know, like Goshiroshima and like uh, God of War and last of us you know they they're really big on the mo capture and all that stuff so they probably want to do the same thing as well um but yeah we, we'll see how it really fares for them in the end um I, I, either way i'm so excited for the. Kid,
0: so. <laughs> yeah maybe they just want to get someone that actually looks like harry so they don't have to find a separate face to sort of do the mocap for like with uh yuria then they got originally john bumneck uh, and then they replaced him with Ben Jordan in the PS5 remaster, and now going forward with the Spider Man game. So maybe they just want to get someone to match that, or maybe it is actually Sony's sort of like intervention to be like, uh, everything has to be photorealistic because that's what the PlayStation Studio sort of uh, guidelines are, or whatever the fuck, you know? Um, right. Obviously, we don't know because we are not working at Insomniac Games, but you know, just, just some theorizing, some, you know, things to keep in mind. Uh, but. Yeah, you know, it sucks that this guy will not be returning because obviously he saw the major success that was the first uh, Spider Man game, and he was like, damn, I just played as Harry, and, you know, I just did some extra audio stuff. So, you know, (laughs) maybe maybe I'll be in the second one. And, you know, obviously uh, he's not in there. So, unfortunate, but uh, we'll see who ends up replacing him. Maybe they'll get a a sort of A list uh, person to do so, and that'll get people excited, maybe draw more attention to the game than there already is, kind of thing. But, well, is that the way and see.
1: Alrighty. So, next we have our recent activities. Uh, I guess. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go? Yeah,
0: first? sure. Fuck it. Okay. So, uh, I've been a lot. Allowed- I've been really, really fucking busy with school, so I haven't yeah. really had time to do anything. I wanted to finish, finish Sonic by this time, but I've been working on video projects and things like that. And you guys don't want to hear that. So I'm going to tell you the one thing that I did. I watched Glass Onion, a Knives Out in theaters because it is in theaters before the Netflix release. Um, and yeah, it is very, very good. I think that if you watch the first Knives Out, whether it was on Netflix or it was in theaters... Go check it out in theaters if you can. It is for a very limited time, which sucks. I think that Netflix should just release this in theaters, keep it in theaters up until it goes up on Netflix. Because I feel like that this is a movie that you kind of have to watch. Well, not have to, but I think that the theater experience with any movie, especially with big popular movies like MCU movies, Star Wars movies, and even movies like this that are sort of popular with like the normie crowd. You need to watch it in theaters because when the jokes are happening, you know, seeing other people laugh, hearing them laugh, you know, hearing their reactions, sort of, you know, all of that stuff. You know, it it might be annoying when like the guy next to you is saying something, but it's like, oh, you know, like that is kind of interesting that, you know, he he sort of brought that up or something like that, you know, to like the person that he's sitting sitting next to. I think that the, the theater experience brings a lot of things out within movies. And I think for this one, if I watched it on Netflix, the jokes wouldn't have hit the same. And, you know, sort of like what the mystery that was unfolding would have happened so uh what this movie does different from the first one is that everyone's different like the only returning character um is what's his name the detective guy i forget the fucking actor's name um let me just find him real quick as i'm talking about the movie uh daniel craig daniel craig's character is the only one returning everyone else is new and most of these actors you might be familiar with them within other works i'm familiar with edward norton because he was the first uh hulk um uh jessica henwick she was in uh iron fist um and yeah, you know all of all of the actors, actresses do a fantastic job playing their role, playing their character. And yeah, when the mystery does unfold, it is very much similar to how the first Knives Out was. It was like, well, what the fuck just happened, kind of thing. And once yeah. that sort of happens, it just it just keeps on going, keeps on going. So yeah, um, I think that Ryan Johnson is a fantastic director, fantastic uh, sort of creative person. Obviously, because Knives Out is sort of like his baby now, and I think that with with this sequel, he did. A good job at sort of keeping up with that standard you know obviously like with the first movie like no one was really expecting it to be as good as it was but sort of like what we were talking about with guardians earlier it's like okay yeah no one was really expecting this to be amazing and and now it was amazing so now the expectations for the sequel is to be even better and i think that it might not have been better but i think it is just as good as the first one maybe a slight downgrade if you were to look at it within certain angles but yeah i think that This is a movie that if you can see in theaters, watch it. Obviously, it is going to be on Netflix. And because Netflix is controlling a lot of how this movie is being distributed, it is not going to be in theaters for a long time. And they're not really being transparent with the box office numbers or or anything like that. So, you know, it is kind of shady for Netflix to do that. Um, I think that... You know, them as I guess like a tech company in in a sense, they don't want to, you know, work with movie theaters. They sort of just want to be on their own streaming service and sort of recoup all of the money there. But if you can make millions and millions of dollars at movie theaters, you know, despite despite the theaters getting a cut of it, I think that that's a lot more worth it than you getting like a few thousand extra subscribers on Netflix because Netflix has been around for so long. And I feel like people that are subscribed to it are subscribed to it for a reason. And people that aren't, they've either been subscribers or they know what Netflix is
1: yeah um i mean i I really like the first uh knives out i only watched that like a month ago so like <laughs> i'm like yeah i'll, I'll, I'll probably watch it. i don't know if i watch it in theaters uh i don't know how long how long it's supposed to be in theaters for
0: uh they're thinking about extending it now but i think it's oh, okay. literally for the for the next week or something like that yeah it is oh, okay it's such limited time and i'm like shit you know so then i had to go see it this past week because i'm like i kind of want to see it in theaters because i think that a movie like this especially since because it is a mystery there's going to be people that watch it on netflix that are just going to like skip like the boring parts quote-unquote and then just get to like whatever whatever right, those
1: people are in psycho cycle yeah no no. no. <laughs> they're,
0: they're actual like adhd like you know zoomer kids that can't sit around <laughs> a- unless they're like on tiktok or whatever you know kind of thing but yeah right you know, when you're in a theater, you kinda have to just soak it all in, let the movie show you the information it wants you to show, and then just you know, go go along with it. When it's on Netflix, you can do whatever you want with it. You can fucking skip to the end if you want. But, you know, obviously that what's the point of that? <laughs> right.
1: Um, no, I mean I'll probably end up watching it on Netflix, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the first one a lot. So um yeah, sucks that Netflix kinda sucks, but Yeah. <laughs> <what> they're <laughs> being
0: they're being kinda weird with the movie. <laughs> but that's enough of that
1: (laughs) all righty so uh, yeah i've also been kind of busy i also got like sick uh so i I haven't really done too too much but you know when i was over over there i watched quintessential quintuplets and rent a girlfriend season two we're both season twos and um yeah quintuplets is again really good you know it's um you know it, it does a good job being wholesome but still having like a lot of drama and stuff but like not, like, in, a, in, like, a mean-spirited way. Like, obviously, all the girls are, so like, in a competition to, the, to get the guy. <laughs> but, like, you know, they're all doing it in a, in a way that they don't want to hurt each other, like, but they still want the guy. Um, so, you get like, these whole shenanigans and stuff. But by the end, you know, obviously, all of them, like, come out as better people. And, like, some of them, you know, really regret what they did for during the season. And then they all come together stronger. And I think, it, you know, it's a very wholesome way to do, like, the whole... Um, Waifu war type thing, you know? Because, you know, <laughs> like, you want them all to be happy. You want them all to grow as people. But obviously, one of them is going to win at the end. Uh, honestly, at this point, you probably should just marry all of them. You know, fuck it. <laughs> you know, might as well. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think it's a good way to really show, you know, not all these waifu war type shows have to end with, like, you know, like a whole, like, drama filled thing. Like, you know, it, it could end up making all the characters strong. I think it's good, you know, I think it's good because, um, you really care for all the characters, you know? Like, you know, I think all the characters are really strong. Except, uh... I don't, I don't really care for, uh... The one with the star on her... On her hair. Itchika. Like, like, yeah. Or... She, or... She or
0: Itzuki?
1: Yeah. 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 You know, the one with the star. The red hair The one. first one. Uh, the you first meet, one. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she, she's just, like, kind of bland. Like, she's okay. But I think everyone else has a lot of things going on. And are very interesting. Uh, so, yeah. I, I definitely... Enjoy the cast of characters line; just feels very wholesome. Uh, I enjoy it a lot. Uh, Rent a girlfriend is like the total opposite of that, <laughs> <where it's laughs> but I, I also really enjoy it, but it's for entirely different reasons. It's very drama filled. The main character is a dumbass, and uh, you know everyone's. Kind of, I, I mean, most people are kind of assholes. Uh, you know, um, uh, freaking uh, Chizuru is like you know she's good. You know she's just kind of doing her own thing. She just wants to live her life as an actress now and stuff, and. You know, she has a bunch of other sad backstory stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, Kazuya, you know, it's kind of just like a like a horn dog synth <laughs> and like, you know, he just uh, doesn't know how to do anything. You know, obviously like he's in a relationship with the the blue ribbon hair girl, yeah, Ruka, and you know, he just can't break it off even though he really should. I'm like, Why are you in this relationship if <laughs> you like cheeser and then mommy's there being doing mommy things and stuff, so yeah, obviously A bunch of shenanigans. I I still think it's really enjoyable. Uh, You know, uh, I know the manga goes into weird places and stuff, but I thought season two was just as enjoyable as season one to me. Um, You know, it has all this stuff going on. Um, Obviously, they lead it with what they're going to do for the next season, I guess, or movie. I don't know what they're doing. Um, So, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to see how all that develops yeah, uh, I, 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 I've heard the main criticism is that he just doesn't change and I, I see how that could be frustrating especially after this next arc if he doesn't change after this it, I could kind of get why people are getting kind of upset about it but um, right now I'm enjoying it so I'll just leave it at that
0: <laughs> yeah it's kind of like uh Watching like a Saturday morning cartoon, like over and over again, like every single season, though, you know, um, there is going to be a season three, obviously, because there's more content to sort of unfold. But yeah, that was like the most exciting part about season two was the the backstory with Chizuru. I thought that that was like a very nice touch when I read it in the manga. I was like, oh, okay, like this is like pretty cool that they're doing it like this, you know, sort of giving, you know, I guess like the main waifu more context as to why she does what she does um and obviously you know the other ones we know about their backstory already but we kind of needed needed that for them because they were like the secondary girls if you will you know yeah um but yeah i because because i read the manga obviously i knew what the fuck was gonna happen within the anime so like you know when she showed up and did like that uh that a uh, prayer i was like oh yeah this is gonna be like a five head move that's about to happen um yeah. <laughs> but yeah going back to quintessential quintuplets i'm actually gonna watch the movie tonight which i'm very mm-hmm. very excited about because i've known about the ending for a few months now because i did read the manga a while back so being able to actually see what they do with the movie i don't know if they changed anything because obviously like there's five different sisters that they could choose from in the end in this movie they could just like fuck it you know like whatever we'll just give the fans what they want because <coughs> yeah. the ending was a little controversial because they picked uh one of the girls that was not a fan favorite quote unquote. Um, but you know I'm, I'm interested to see on how they handle the movie whether it's just going to be a straight up adaptation which I wouldn't mind um, I can get why they did that but then again uh, I hope that the pacing's a little better because the manga it definitely felt a little rushed for no reason yeah. whatsoever it felt rushed that, that that they got to the wedding thing and everything and everything like that like I felt like that there could have been a little bit more time to like develop all that stuff because you know there's, there's four other girls that are not going to be with Uh, Futuro so I was like you know there could have been something there there could have been more story there if they wanted to obviously but you know hopefully the movie that I'll see tonight you know sort of changes that up but uh, I I, I will let you continue (laughs) Damien
1: all right so um obviously God of War I haven't played too much God of War yet Uh, I'm I'm planning to finish it after finals which on Tuesday you know I'm kind of just worried about that more than anything. So, you know, not too much got to worry. Obviously, it's still good, but I haven't played too much of it. Sonic, I did beat, though, when I came back home. I'm like, okay, let me beat Sonic, because I'm basically almost at the end anyway. Um, and, yeah, the game is pretty good. Um, you know, Island 3 does suck a lot. Uh, you know, people <laughs> weren't lying. You know, it's just really annoying to traverse. There's this goddamn fucking pinball minigame oh, no. at the end. <laughs> and it's so bad. You need, like, five million points to pass it. It takes forever. The physics are really bad on it, and I want it to die. So yeah, that, that pinball <laughs> minigame sucked, but um, the last island before was good, so uh, it kind of rounds out. You know, like, there's three good islands, one bad one, so it's whatever. Um, But yeah, overall, I thought the game was really good. I do think the game kind of loses steam at the end, because you kind of see everything the game throws at you. Um, You know, there's not, like, too many twists and turns, and the game does get kind of formulaic, like, okay, collect the collect the memory tokens, talk to the guy to get the portal gears, to get the keys, to get the chaos emeralds. So he's using the same thing every island. Um, so it could, it could get a little formulaic and I hope they kind of fix that in the next iteration of this game. And um, also by the end, I think the cyberspace levels are kind of the weakest part of the game because uh, I'm not a big like physics guy with Sonic. Like I just take what I could get. Uh, but the he does feel very weird in cyberspace levels. Like he feels very slow Like, when you boost, it feels like you're not boosting at all. Um, You know, there's a lot of points where you're going up like a thingy, like a loop. And, like, he he just magnetizes to it, like, and shit. Like, (laughs) it it does feel, it it feels very off, is what I'm trying to say. Um, So, yeah, I kind of hope to kind of just ditch the cyberspace levels, because Sonic feels great in the actual open zone. Like, I think it feels pretty good. So, I think they should just put those levels in the open zones and have more stuff to do in there instead. Um, which is probably what I'm going to do. I mean, like, the Cyberspace levels are pretty context-sensitive to this, like, story anyway, with the whole, like, Sage stuff or whatever. So, yeah, it kind of makes sense that, you know, there probably won't be in other like, Sonic open-world games or whatever. But, um, and honestly, the, my favorite thing about this game is definitely the story. I, I really enjoyed the story in this game. Um, You know, like, not too much really happens, like, in the story, like, but... I think uh, the character interactions and character development and stuff is really good, Um, you know, at least for a Sonic game. You know, it's written a lot more like, I guess, uh, kind of like a Ratchet & Clank game where, like, they actually care about continuity this time. And, you know, (laughs) characters actually talk, like, characters. You know, it's not like Sonic's like, oh, whoa, you know, radical or whatever. You know, like, he actually has, like, a personality. Tails actually has things he wants to do. Knuckles isn't just like some meathead, and Amy doesn't, you know, just want Sonic. Like you know, to all have actual goals they want to do and stuff. And that's really cool to see. Uh, I thought Sage was really good. You know, I know we made fun of her because she looks pretty <laughs> out of place, but she is a very good villain. Not even a villain. Like you'll see when you play it. You know, you, you, you see what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, she she is very good. Eggman was great as well. Like I think all the characters we're very good in this game and I just really like how the game like rewards long time players you know you know, uh, especially from the early 3D games for really keeping up with all the games like they reference almost everything they reference fucking like Dark Gaia they reference like Sonic Colors they reference like uh, the Ark like they reference everything in this fucking game and it's really cool Um, you know it, it could seem a bit much at times like you know it kind of feels like Family Guys I like, remember that time when we went to the <laughs> Ark and shit but but, like, like I do generally think it, it came from a place of sincerity. And, like, they really, like, hey, thanks for playing all these games and stuff. And we're going to, you know, moving forward, we're really going to respect the continuity this time around. So uh, I really appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, I thought the game was really good. Um, obviously, issues with, you know, some of the, you know, it could feel a bit repetitive and it's pretty janky. But as a first time go around, I, I thought it was pretty good. So. All right. Well. uh oh yeah and then and pokemon, then pokemon. <laughs> so pokemon uh you know, i actually did play a bit of this uh because i was very interested because you know it's been a huge trash fire over the last few week or i guess week um and yeah i, I played you know a good like five hours of it and um honestly like, i want to say oh this game is bad or whatever and let me just tell you, like the game runs like shit like this game <laughs> runs really bad like the performance is not a joke. Like, like it does perform pretty bad. There's glitches everywhere, but the gameplay is still goddamn good. I'm like, goddamn it, <laughs> why do I like this? So, um, I basically have the same enjoyment as it did with Legends Arceus. Where, yeah, you could run around. It's a big open world. You could capture Pokemon out in the field. Uh, it's just everything you would actually want in an open world Pokemon game. You could tackle objective any way you want. You could do gyms. You could fight the the team star bases anywhere you want, you could do some other objectives, you know, you don't have to follow the main road, you know, you could do whatever you want, whenever you want, and it's really cool, um, but, you know, the main, you know, sinking point of this game is the performance, like, the game just runs not great at all, like, it, I feel like it could barely reach 30 FPS a lot of the time, um, the game bugs out a lot, um like the game clips a lot. Like whenever you send out a Pokemon and you're fighting, like you can see the floor a little bit, like underneath it. Um, you know, character models glitch and stuff. I haven't had got too many extreme glitches to be fair. You know, I haven't gone like the Awooga eyes or whatever like you've been <laughs> seeing on Twitter. But um, you know, it hasn't been like a great experience. But the gameplay has been solid enough to like keep me like really happy with it and um, you know, I, I, this and Pokemon Arceus are like some of the most fun I had in Pokemon in, in a while. So I, I guess that says something. I just wish they had an extra year to really polish it. Like, And they didn't even have to release the game this year. Like they could have released it next year and had Pokemon Arceus come out now instead of coming out in January. So there was no reason for any of this to happen. Like Both of these games could have ended up better if they just delayed them. But of course, Pokemon Company has to keep releasing things because it's a multimedia like franchise or whatever but yeah it's pretty unfortunate to see because the game is really fun and they're having a good time with it but um yeah it's definitely like kind of a mess and yeah i know i will we'll address this in the other news segment in a second but um you know nintendo doesn't really seem that happy that it seems to be kind of a mess right now but um yeah overall i'm enjoying it i'll say wait for patches before really buying it but I am having a good time with it. So I guess that counts for something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we will move on to the second part of our news. So first, big header. Uh, the feds are likely to challenge Microsoft's $69 billion Activision takeover. So, yeah, yeah uh, obviously this seemed pretty huge, pretty massive news when it was first announced that Microsoft bought Activision. And, you know, because we are you know, keeping up with the story, we obviously know what's been going on with Activision Blizzard. So at first we were like, oh, you know, like this could be like a good thing. They could, you know, turn around Activision Blizzard and sort of, you know, create, you know, a good work environment for this company in particular. But obviously, you know, the, the, uh Federal Trade Commission, FTC are like, wait, that's like, that's like pretty fucking big. So, you know, they're like, okay, is this like a monopoly kind of thing? Like, is this going to be like way too much acquisition within like the whole gaming space in general? So, I guess that that's what they're going to try to find out with this uh, antitrust lawsuit and hopefully that, you know, they'll come to a fair conclusion of it. Uh, whether or not uh, Microsoft gets Activision Blizzard or not, I really don't care. I'm going to be honest, you know, obviously it, it when it first came out, it was a good thing because it's like, oh, OK, you know, like Activision Blizzard, you know, they have all of these good games, all of these good IPs, you know of franchises, you know, they mentioned Call of Duty and the Candy Crush, but obviously Overwatch is one of the one of the IPs that me and you have been playing frequently recently. So, I think that, you know, like having that move be made by Microsoft especially because I think Microsoft within the gaming space have been very friendly with everyone. You know, they want to work with everyone. They want to make games. Like that's that is their goal. They want to make games for everyone and and anyone. They want to, you know, sort of be cordial with all of the industry giants and them acquiring Activision Blizzard, I guess no one's going to bat an eye at that. But I guess now that the FTC is trying to look at it as a objective standpoint and be like, okay, well, is this actually like a very good thing for them to do? Or is this them just having too much of the market at this point?
1: Yeah, I guess because also Microsoft is just way bigger than Sony. Like, yes, Microsoft is losing in the gaming sense. Like, you know, Nintendo and Sony are always going to be above them right now. But in terms of, like, everything else, Microsoft is huge, you know? Like, they... Obviously, they make... Like, they have Windows, you know? Like, they're, <laughs> they're, they're a huge company. So, you know, Sony probably is in the right to be like, hey, that's that's a lot of power to give them in this one section where they're, like, losing, you know? So um, I could kind of get Sony's thing here. I they are kind of salty about it. But uh,
0: yeah.
1: it's mostly just about Call of Duty. Like, when you read this... They really don't give a shit about anything else. It's, it really is just about Call of Duty. Like, the rights for Call of Duty and like where it could be and like what consoles it could be in, is the main point that Sony keeps bringing up. And I think that's probably they're gonna f- probably find some middle ground with the whole Call of Duty situation. I mean, Microsoft in like has been giving them like plans, like oh we could give you Call of Duty still, or like you know you could still have rights like for exclusive content or whatever. Like, like Microsoft definitely, like, is trying to work with Sony, but Sony just doesn't want it to happen in general. So, um, you know, I, I guess we're going to have to see how this all plays out, but um it definitely seems like Call of Duty is the big sticking point. Like, if they could agree with something with this series, then this deal will probably go through, because it seems like they don't really care that much about uh, anything else besides Call of Duty, so yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just seems like that Sony just doesn't trust Microsoft, <laughs> uh, which, you know, I guess... As your competitor, you're not supposed to trust them. So yeah. in the grand scheme of things, I guess it's okay. But at the same time, it's like, you know, um, you know, what does Microsoft have to gain other than to lose fans of Call of Duty that are on PlayStation kind of thing? You think that people are going to fucking all of a sudden buy Xbox Series S's because Call of Duty's on there? Maybe. There might be some people that will do that because they love Call of Duty that much. But I feel like for the vast majority of people, in my opinion anyways, aren't going to do that. I feel like Call of Duty as a franchise isn't as big as it was back in like 2010, 2012 kind of thing, you know, with Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 3, I feel like that those are like the Call of Duties that people fondly remember of, and obviously we now have a new Modern Warfare 2, but obviously the, the numbers of the franchise have not been since its peak all the way back then, you know, when they were charging yeah. like $25 for like fucking map packs and shit or whatever, you know, like outrageous prices that they were able to get away with, and they were able to release those map packs on day one, buggy as shit, not working properly, but People didn't care, you know, fans didn't care because the fans were teenagers and young kids like myself that were like, ah, fuck it, you know, like whatever, because everyone's playing Call of Duty and I want to play Call of Duty. So this is what we're doing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's mostly because Sony doesn't really have a big multiplayer thing on their their console. Like, Obviously, now they're expanding to work on that, you know, with the Last of Us factions and stuff, but um, they don't have anything right now. (laughs) All they have (laughs) is Call of Duty to really sell PS Plus. In terms of the online, you know, uh, accessibility stuff, so I think that's why they really are worried about it because that's like a big thing for them. And I mean, Smart Sony is now kind of focusing on the own multiplayer stuff, so they don't have to be so reliant on Call of Duty for that. But you know, uh, until they can figure that out, they're probably going to still be panicking about the whole this whole situation. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it's like you know, back in the day, Microsoft had. You know, a lot of exclusivity rights with Call of Duty, like with the map packs and stuff like that. And then, um, I think uh, recently PlayStation had the sort of like esports stuff, with you know all of the players are gonna be playing on PlayStation consoles, on PlayStation controllers, and everything like that. And I think it's still like that. So you know. It's been this back and forth with uh, Microsoft and Sony with Call of Duty for years now. So I think that this is sort of possibly the the tipping point And hopefully, you know, whatever the FTC sort of conclude within this antitrust lawsuit, you know, we'll we'll see what happens, because <laughs> this is like a pretty big thing to sort of bring up.
1: All righty. So next is obviously more Pokemon news. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about both of these. So uh, despite all the problems, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet has sold over 10 million units within three days of release, so I believe this is the best-selling Pokemon game now, Um, or at least launch sales (laughs) uh, now. I'm not um, fucking surprised. (laughs) Which is insane. So, like right now, uh, the uh, lifetime sales of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl were uh, 14.92 million, and this is obviously already 10 million. Um, the lifetime sales of Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, which were the other Switch uh, Pokemon games, uh, sold 14.8 million. Uh, so yeah, obviously this game is selling a lot of copies. Um, obviously the hype of a new Pokemon game is always going to be, you know, going to get a lot of people to buy it. But it's also, I guess, the move to open world, and you know, people are really excited for that. I mean, myself included. And I think, you know, the game is super fun, but. This goes kind of with our next part of the story. Like I, I was saying, the game is very broken. Like the game was <laughs> very clearly not ready to come out. And it was very clearly rushed out for the holidays and stuff. And you know, Game Freak has never been like a great developer in terms of technical stuff. So um, now we actually see uh, that the game's getting an update for yesterday. Actually, uh, December first, it got an update. But as a true Nintendo fashion. They don't really, like, say anything. It's just like, oh, we we fixed various stuff, and then that's it. Like, they don't really give specifics on what they fixed. Um, But here, they say, we take the feedback from players seriously, and we'll continue to work on improvements on the game. And I don't think they've ever really said that about any other first-party game they've, like, released. So I think they're pretty aware that this game is, like, kind of a broken mess right now. Um, And I really hope that, you know, Game Freak and Nintendo really, like, step it up in terms of, like post-patch updates and stuff to really make this game, like, actually work. Because, you know, there's one thing for the game to look ugly. Like, RCS was an ugly game, but at least it worked and ran fine. Like, you know, there was nothing really wrong with it besides it looking ugly. Uh, same thing with Sword and Shield, you know, it was also like, not a great-looking game, but it worked. This game, it's ugly and it doesn't work. So, I'm like, okay, <laughs> but we can't have both. So, um yeah, so hopefully they're, they're able to fix all the actual awful bugs and That'd be fine. I I really don't expect performance to get any better. Like I really don't. Like I think the game's just gonna kind of run kind of bad forever. But um, if they could at least fix all the big bugs and stuff, that that's okay, honestly. So yeah, like I said before, um, don't buy the game just yet. Wait, you know, probably wait until next year until everything's sorted out.
0: Uh, if they, they don't do announce think,
1: another one, yeah, if they <laughs> announce another one, um but we'll see what happens next. Uh you know, obviously the the game made a big stink when it first came out and Nintendo was obviously aware. So, hopefully things get sorted out.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I'm always the proponent of like voting with your wallet kind of thing. So, uh-huh. you know, I haven't bought a Pokémon game in years. Not because of like the performance issues and shit like that but because x and y was so bad that I, I just i just didn't want to play anymore I'm, so, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm gonna be honest so i was like I fucking, whatever and then when legends Arceus came out i was in school and i was like i'm definitely not gonna fucking finish this shit so you know obviously mm-hmm. i bought god of war and sonic with the intention of now playing it because now school's over and you know now it came, it came out at a i guess like perfect time kind of thing um so with this game in particular i'm like Well, shit, it sold millions of copies again, huh, guys? You know, all of you fucking Twitter warriors out here. Oh, my God, Pokemon and Violet looks so fucking bad. And then you roll up to GameStop, date one, and buy both (coughs) versions. Like, what's up? What's up, bro? Like, you just spent, like, $130 on two broken-ass games. Like... And you're going to play them and have fun with them, which is fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with admitting that, hey, like I'm having fun with this game. It might not be that great. You know, I said the same shit with Gotham Knights, you know, like that game. I know what it is. It's a fucking buggy mess. It feels clanky. It feels janky and shit like that. But I don't care. I'm having fun running around as Red Hood shooting people and shit like that. I'm having fun, you know. So, you know, it's just the thing with the Pokemon community where they just like complain a lot and then they don't vote with their wallet kind of thing you know like obviously if the next gotham knight game comes out and it's just as buggy and shit and shit i'm not gonna buy it you know i obviously bought this one because you know our friend louis bought it and i was like well shit if if he bought it i'm gonna buy it because i want to play with him kind of thing um but with this game in particular you know pokemon has been going through this switch cycle so many times where it's like it runs poorly but hey it's a lot of fun and here we are again and i guess nintendo has finally i guess like made a statement about it because for the longest time they haven't said shit they're like yo game freak like what y'all doing and they're like yo yo nintendo we got it brother we got it don't worry about it and (laughs) here they are they're like i guys come on come on you can't
1: (laughs) yeah i think this side because it's like actually broken like like i said rcs and sword and shield were kind of just ugly like this game actually just doesn't work so like that that's probably why they're like they're being a little more pushy to game freak to be like okay actually fix this <laughs> please so yeah yeah Kinda, kind of a mess <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: yeah i just i just can't you know believe that nintendo made a statement on their twitter to even be like "Hi right, guys little i know I know y'all just gave us millions of dollars over Pokemon Scarlet but we're gonna fix it we're gonna fix it I swear I promise (laughs) (laughs) yeah so hopefully you know future Pokemon games aren't as buggy at launch and they're able to actually you know polish them and fix them because like you said they probably rushed it out for the holiday release which is understandable but at the same time you know they're probably like we don't fucking release it now we're gonna we're gonna miss out on millions of dollars of people who wouldn't have bought it anyways because of the holidays and stuff like that but you know yeah I feel like, you know, if there's obviously ample enough stuff that you need to fix, just just fucking don't release it, you know? Um, But, you know, that's just the whole thing with, like, delays and, like, losing momentum and everything like that, so they probably had this hard date, and then they're like, "All right, guys, whatever we can get done on this date, fuck it, just ship it, you know?
1: Again, it's because Pokemon is a multimedia franchise. Like, it's not just the games. It's the Mm -hmm. cards, it's the anime, it's the movies, you know? There's so much in this corporation of Pokemon that, like, the games are just a small thing of it now. Like, the games are basically just meant to, like, push the new Pokemon at this yeah. point. Yeah. So they could, so they would make the new cards and shit. So, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think the games were never, like, they're always going to incrementally better in terms of, like, this. They like, are never going to see, like, a huge leap because they just can't afford to because of all this dumb shit. <laughs> but, you know, it's whatever.
0: <laughs> it is what it is. So, um, yeah. maybe I'll buy Scarlet and Violet. Excuse me. When it gets patched, but I'll see. I'll see. Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, (laughs) Last
0: bit of news before we get into the Smash Brothers stuff. Excuse me again. Uh, We got PlayStation Band Shovelware and Easy Platinum Games on their store. So um, I don't browse the PlayStation store often, but when I did, I definitely did see a lot of these cheap and really dumb You know, games like if you went, if you browse from like new releases, it'd just be like a bunch of just like random ass shovelware games, sort of like what Steam does, or maybe still does, or whatever.
1: Steam is awful, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, it looked like that on Sony as well, and I was like, what the hell is this shit? So I guess now they're not doing that anymore. They're like, all right, guys, now we're going to, like, I guess, like, curate our games a little more. You know, I, you know shadow Shadowban or D-list games that look like from developers that are just trying to make a cheap buck because people want the platinum trophies or whatever the fuck. Um, so... Yeah, I think that this is a good step in the right direction, you know, uh, to those that were just ripping off of those uh, phone games or whatever. It looks like you're going to have to find a new hustle, you know.
1: (laughs) I I think it's good. Honestly, I hope this sets a precedent for Steam and for Nintendo, too. Like, the eShop is full of so (laughs) much garbage. Like, Like, if you look at the new releases... Like, you see, like, a bunch of really low-effort games, a bunch of, like, hentai games, too, like, just on the eShop <laughs> for no reason. Like, <coughs> Steam is really bad with it, too, and Steam has been called out for it before, and they just didn't do anything about it. I, I don't think they did anything about it, because I, so- I see so much garbage on Steam. Um, so, yeah, hopefully this kind of pushes other um, digital storefronts to really, like, curate the stores better. Um, I feel like Nintendo really should be the one doing it as well because, you know, there's a lot of kids on the eShop. I feel like if you see, like, big titty MILF game, it's just like, okay, well, why is that even here? So, um, obviously, like, if they want to sell it, that's fine. Just, like, you know, maybe have a different filter or something for it. Um, but, yeah, there's just so much low effort, cash grabby, shovelware games that uh, really have no place, like, on these digital storefronts. So, I'm happy Sony seems to at least be sort of pushing that away from the PlayStation store, and, you know, Easy Platinum is also, like, you know, whatever, like, you know, I mean, I like getting Platinums for, like, my own satisfaction, so, but if people just want a big Platinum count, like, whatever, but, you know, it's good if they don't want to, like, devalue the the coolness of a Platinum, I guess, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, uh, I think this is great for any storefront, and hopefully the other, you know, Steam, Xbox, and Nintendo also kind of keep this in mind as well. Yeah but yeah um, you want to get into the smash yeah. stuff
0: okay so now we're gonna get into our fucking big ass story because it sort of just blew up uh over the, the i guess this past week or whatever um so yeah uh so smash world tour versus nintendo versus panda, panda global is what i'm calling it so uh first piece of the news is that the smash world tour has come out and was straight up like All right, guys. Uh, The rest of this year and next year events are just cancelled. We cannot do the smash world tour anymore because nintendo has shut them down uh, because they don't have a official license with it they sort of gave everyone a big backstory on this medium article which i implore everyone to go and read this official statement that they released because yeah. it is well crafted and it, and, it, and it does have a lot of details from their side of the story which i think i should emphasize like there's always two sides of the story but in this case there's like three because of panda global's involvement with with nintendo which we'll get into just a little bit so They preface that they had a strong relationship with Nintendo prior to this cancellation. And when the Panda Cup was announced, which was the first, like, official, like, Smash Brothers, like, tournament circuit thing, officially licensed with Nintendo, Nintendo was like, this is not exclusive. Like, we want to continue working with you. And that's when they first thought that they were going to get shut down. So they were like, okay, like, this is, this is it. We're fucking donezo. But it turns out that Nintendo really did want to work with them. But... I guess, I guess the back and forth between them just didn't end up being favorable for them. And Nintendo just shut them down. And this is just a quote from uh, just, just a small piece of the article. Quote, Nintendo expects us to only operate with a commercial license and that we would not be granted one for the upcoming champions or any activities in 2023, end quote. So, yeah, you know, it does seem a little weird that, you know, now... For so, so, so many years, there have been big, big, big Smash tournaments, even the one Ludwig just did. There was no, like, official licensing or anything like that. But it is 100% within Nintendo's rights to shut stuff down like this. But most companies and most developers don't do that, which from uh, Maximilian Dude's video, which I don't really watch him that much, but I watched his video on this because he's very knowledge- knowledgeable within the fighting game scene. You know, um, I think he worked at Capcom at one point, and before the Capcom Cup was even a thing, it was like, okay... We're not going to touch any of these tournaments because the moment we touch them we're like Fuck around with them people are going to get mad and people are, are yeah. going to get upset so obviously nintendo has been doing this for years and this is when i guess like the panda ceo and sort of like the panda panda cup come into play where it's like there's like theories going around that like panda has people inside of nintendo that they're like closely working with and like uh the ce the ceo of panda which they never directly call out in the medium article dr allen uh he, he's been like i guess like messing around with the smash world tour sort of trying to get literally just panic Cup, that's it like no smashed world tour or anything or yeah. anything like that like he wants everything when it comes to smash tournaments um which is a little weird and a little strange especially since because this community was really built on Literally, everyone's efforts and sort of everyone trying to do their own, you know, Smash tournament, Smash event, whatever it is, and sort of having, you know, big players, top players, whatever, fly out, come to their events to sort of have, you know, the community enjoy the game for what it is, you know, because Smash Brothers, it might not be a competitive game first, but that's what it is for a lot of people. You know, people do play Smash competitively for a living, for a hobby, for whatever it is. And the fact that, you know, Panda what it seems like you know mainly dr allen because none of the uh players or the staff knew about i guess like this activity of panda that was just like we're trying to get exclusive rights exclusive broadcast rights too for like all of this like smash brothers tournament stuff which is like crazy and insane so um yeah after just explaining all that damien what (laughs) what do you think
1: (laughs) yeah so yeah i read the whole medium article and yeah it definitely seems like both Nintendo and Panda are obviously kind of buttholes, um, <laughs> to put it lightly. So Panda, you know, is mostly just the CEO, right? Like he's yeah, well, such just Panda in general. But I don't know. Obviously, this is just one side of the story. Like you know, like you know, anything could change. You know, the whole bayonetta situation, really, maybe. Like that. <laughs> um, but by the information we've been given, you know, it seems that like the CEO has been kind of being an asshole. You know, just being like, okay, let's like, he wants to basically have like the monopoly of you know smash tournaments for some reason. Even though Nintendo was like, yeah, this is not an exclusive thing. Like, you know, th- there could be multiple circuits at once. So it doesn't just have to be the Panda Cup or whatever. But um Nintendo themselves said that. But this guy's just like no I-, I want it to just be me. And um in the article, Nintendo um uh, um they said Nintendo said um you know uh Panda doesn't speak for us, right? Like we yeah like we make our own decisions, you know, Panda doesn't speak for us. You know or whatever, but it seems like a lot of decisions were, like, influenced by them to begin with, like, anyways. so, like, I don't know, it's kind of weird, like, this whole situation, obviously, Nintendo being Nintendo, they don't respond in timely manners, they're very weird about stuff, you know, they say everything is fine one second, and then it's like, oh, you can't do anything the next second, like, you know, just the lack of communication uh, from Nintendo is kind of just, like, what... I think everyone's used to at this point, like even just like general gaming audiences are like, you know, like we don't really get straight answers from Nintendo a lot of the time. Yeah, and you could really feel the frustration from these organizers throughout the whole article. Like they really tried everything they could. Like they did, like they applied for the license. Like they waited months for an answer. You know, they they didn't get anything from them, and then you know they got canceled like last minute because Nintendo's like, oh no, you can't do this anymore. So yeah, it, it definitely feels like. Panda and Nintendo are both really, like, to blame here. Like, mm-hmm. even if Nintendo wants to say whatever they want to say, it still is, like, very, like, all right, well, you know. It's hard to give a benefit of doubt to Nintendo when they've already been pretty, like, hostile to the Smash community throughout yeah. the years. You know what I mean? So
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely seems like a Nintendo and Panda blame. Some people are putting more blame on Panda, which I don't, you know, necessarily, uh, I guess, like, disagree with if you will but i don't 100% yeah. agree with it either because obviously like we said there's like multiple sides to this story and like the truth will come out eventually but as of right now because this is such a developing story i'm pretty sure by ne- by next episode we're gonna have another huge chunk of stuff yeah to talk about because they're already going back and forth with nintendo and uh smash world tour but um, just to go back on Panda, you know, like not to like discredit anything and everything that they've done for the Smash community, because I feel like that they are one of the orgs to really heavily invest into Smash Brothers. You know, they did the whole like dock thing, you know, the the uh, controllers and like everything that they've done for Smash Brothers, you know, that cannot be sort of taken away from them. But what, you know, I guess the CEO has been doing behind the scenes, allegedly, you know, it, it it's it seems really, really scummy that, you know, they've they've had all of these tournaments you know under different umbrellas and now that Nintendo wants to officially get involved now there's only going to be one sort of circuit and one sort of bracket i don't think that's going to work for this community in particular because i know that you know for example with riot games and league of legends obviously this is like a completely different game but this is something that i'm a lot more familiar with than with uh, smash brothers so bear with me but with league of legends you know when league of legends first came out riot games you know they allowed other tournaments and other things like that you know facilitate as as they did the LCS and sort of like their own like tournaments, obviously. Uh and you know, we used to have like the IM championships and everything like that in between like uh LCS splits, which were kind of exciting, but now we don't have that anymore. You know, it's all like riot control. There's only LCS, L E C, LCK, whatever. You know, like there's nothing like sort of like ground roots, ground uh sort of uh, you know, like low local level kind of events. Like that just doesn't happen with the legends anymore. That's like super, super big kind of thing, you know, because if you're not within the LCS or within the, the challenger series within North America, or even within the, the, um, uh, amateur scene, you're not really doing much, you know, to really, progress yourself as a player uh moving forward within league you know with with smash brothers you know you can go to like this tournament this tournament this tournament whenever you want kind of thing you know there wasn't all of this like licensing issues and everything like that which like you don't need a license to necessarily run a tournament at a local level obviously if you want to have like a big 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 event you do run a risk of having the creators of the e-game be like okay yeah no you cannot you know, run this thing, which obviously Nintendo has done in in the past with pushback. Obviously with Evo 2013 as like the biggest example that people bring up a lot when they are talking about this. Um, but yeah, you know, it just seems really, really weird that the, C- that the CEO of Panda is getting, you know, very greedy with this. And I'm sure that the fucking deal that was cut with Nintendo was like massive. And I'm sure yeah. that he doesn't want to fuck it up. But like, you know, sort of, Getting more of the pie for himself and not sharing with everyone else is a bit much.
1: Yeah, like I, I just don't really get like why like is it really like that like yeah I mean, you can allow the other circuits like, I don't <laughs> know why he's like being like a weird Disney villain about it like oh I'm gonna like freaking like tell people not like oh your thing's gonna get shut down I'm like, <laughs> like like Jesus Christ dude like calm down I, got, I you know I just want to preface that we still don't know everything. And you know maybe some things might have been exaggerated or whatever. Fuck it. Like we by, still the don't t- know. by the
0: time you might be listening to this shit, things might have changed. <laughs> yeah, things might
1: have changed. So you know, take everything you are saying with a grain of salt. You know, like this was like two days ago, I think, or something. The, all this got announced.
0: So, um, you know
1: things could radically change and we, we still don't really i don't think we still really know panda's side of the story too much yet right yeah
0: no uh, dr allen has not been on twitter i don't think panda has right. released a statement officially either so yeah so, you yeah. know we don't really know much about their side anyways
1: yeah so i don't want to get too into that but nintendo has made it very clear <laughs> like their stance on it because uh you know i i guess we could go into nintendo's response yes. if you want so um yeah, they basically said that they, you know, they couldn't come with an agreement with Smash World Tour for a full circuit in 2023, but they didn't request to cancel or change any of the remaining events for 2022, including the championship event. So Nintendo was basically just like, you know, like, hey, you know, you, you I guess you could have like done it, like, you know, you still could have finished the thing, but you just couldn't like do more in 2023. Yeah, Which, um, <clears throat> I guess it's fair. Like, they didn't really. I don't think they said that in the in the Medium article, did they? Not? No, in their, because in their, I yeah. think
0: I think from from their perspective, from Smash World Tour's perspective, it was like this was like a whole thing, like shut down. No, you can't do this anymore without a license. So right. they took that as oh, we can't we can't really do this anymore. Which I think um, what's it called? Smash World Tour did respond on uh their twitter you know sort of further further emphasizing that and bringing up a section of this Medium article being like well they did say that we could not do this anymore because we didn't have a license
1: right um and also uh, they also have some more statements here um nintendo's decision was solely based on our assessment of our proposal submitted by the smash world tour and our valuation of the unlicensed activities this decision was not influenced by any external party such as Panda Global. So like I said before, you know, they're saying they weren't really influenced by Panda Global, but a lot of things they're saying is, is I don't know, it's kind of weird. It sounds like they were influenced by Panda Global, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, second part is we're open to partnering with uh, other organizations, as I said, and we continue to offer licenses to, for major tournaments outside of the Panda Cup. Panda Global will continue to be a key partner. So as you see here, they're still saying that Panda Global is still like their key partner. I guess they're like like their um benchmark of what every other person should be like. I'm I'm guessing is what they're trying to say here. Yeah. Um
0: and it's like uh, you know, Smash World Tour responded to both of these responses. Now we we're, we're we're on the, the second one but for the first one they were like yeah you know like they were very clear multiple times that if they had considered the implications of canceling the championships as well as next year's tour and they affirmed that they had considered all variables so you know obviously at this point it's sort of like a battle of he says she says kind of thing because like you know i want to believe smash world tour and i also kind of want to believe nintendo because i don't think nintendo is as malicious as they were back in 2013 because that's Almost 10 years ago at this point, you know, I feel like that the company has changed a lot, especially with the esports side of things. They've been a little more open with it. Maybe not a lot more (coughs) open with it, but they are realizing that, you know, esports for Smash Brothers is a viable thing. So I think that, you know, them being like, you know, we're not going to let you do this in 2023, but allowing you to do it for this year sounds reasonable, but at the same time, I don't think the Smash World Tour people would have made this a big ass Medium article if they knew that like it was like a sort of like we're canceling 2023 kind of thing. You know, I feel like that they would have just said that and then not have aired out all of the other stuff with like Panda and like their communications with Nintendo. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right. Yeah. So it just seems like kind of. Like I don't know, <laughs> it kind of seems like just like a mess right now. To be
0: honest, <laughs> yeah, that's like, definitely a uh, understatement in some regards.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I-, I think Nintendo's statement, like, um, I don't know, it, it kind of just seems like I- they really don't explain like why, like they they couldn't come to an agreement though, right? Like it's yeah, kind of just um, like oh we don't want to anymore.
0: <laughs> I think um what's it called in in the, uh, Kotaku article if I could. If I could find it real quick, uh, it's it's uh Nintendo's decision was solely based on uh unlicensed activities. This decision was not met. Um, any partner that we grant a license has. To has to meet the high standards we require when it comes to the health and safety of our fans. It's also important that the partner adheres to brand and IP guidelines and conducts itself accordingly, according to professional and organizational best practices. We use this same approach to independently assess all partners. If we discover that a partner is doing something inappropriate, we will work to connect it. Um, so yeah, you know, I guess that they saw something in Panda that we don't and they saw something within Smash World Tour that we didn't either. So obviously there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff and like i said he says she said sort of debatable as to what's really going to happen here because it seems like maybe this is a separate person responding to these uh smash world tour claims but maybe they talked to someone else in the beginning where they said that it was going to be all shut down
1: right like that that would make sense like it just seems like you know i feel like Nintendo's still being kind of like uh like, skirty about, like, oh, yeah. really giving, like, 100%. a full, like, detailed, like, <laughs> why they're not, like, really...
0: It's a PR answer.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a PR answer, and they're just, like, not wanting to, like, give out the full deal, which I guess makes sense, you know, obviously no company is going to do that, but, um you know, I think Smash World Tour, I, I feel like there's no reason for them to really lie about a lot of this anyway. Yeah. Like, maybe they're not, like, maybe, I, I feel like they're not... They're not doing anything maliciously. Then like maybe if they left out a detail, maybe it's just because they just forgot. Or, you know, it's, like, a lot of things happening and maybe they didn't read some things right or whatever. But I definitely don't think, like, anything Smash Bros. was saying, like, if they did mislead people, like, I don't think they're really, like, doing that on purpose or anything. Like, I definitely think, you know, Panda and Nintendo are more of, like, the people kind of to blame. Like, Nintendo has given an okay response, I guess, but, like, it still, like, isn't, like it still seems like very like why like they say they care about the smash community and stuff and then like they cancel like you know they're, they're, like a big tournament so I, I don't really get it but yeah i don't i don't know
0: <laughs> yeah um and within uh i guess after the second response from nintendo smash world tour uh they said that they were struggling to understand why that why nintendo contacted them at all because I guess it would have been better to do it after the championship event to be like, okay, guys, now you can't do 2023. That's sort yeah. of it. Um, you know, why would they contact them so soon kind of thing does kind of make sense. Um, but, yeah, you know, it does It does seem like that, you know, they are going back and forth and sort of uh, saying, th- saying one thing, but the other person said this thing. And, you know, I think my theory of, like, smash world Toro is talking to two separate people responding to two separate nintendo reps you know is definitely a possibility um because it seems like that the first time that they i guess like had that call where they were like oh you can't do this anymore not without a license like we know what sort of consequences are going to come from this uh, because you're going to be losing thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, not just you, but players, organizations, uh, TOs, etc. you know, because they booked flights, they booked hotels, everything to, you know, go to this big championship event that the whole year was culminating to all of these in-person Smash, Smash tournaments that you would get points for and sort of uh, help you place better in this last bracket to crown yourself as the Smash World Tour champion, if you will. Um, so... Yeah, you know, it seems like, you know, they were talking to a person and now the B person is responding.
1: Yeah, that that sounds to be the most likely. Like, I, it, it might just be lost in, uh, I guess, like... Lost it was in translation, mo- maybe? Like, lost <laughs> in translation of, like, like you know, like, who was doing what and all this stuff. Because, you know, Nintendo, I don't really think, has a really strong, like, eSports, like, public relations, like, person to begin with. You know, like, obviously you yeah. have Splatoon and stuff, but that's, like, mostly the you know, Nintendo like, curated thing, like, Smash is such an unwieldy, like, like you know, fan base at this point that it's hard to really, I guess, like, organize anything together, so, and, you know, Nintendo just doesn't have a lot of experience in this stuff as well, like, you know, like, they're just now starting to have more communications with, like, the normal people, like, you know, of, like, what what people want to happen with Smash as an eSport, so, um, that's probably why all this is even happening, but again, I still feel like they're putting like a lot of like bank into Panda for some reason. Like they're really like, seems like they're they're like the gold standard. Like I said before, and like everyone else kind of has to meet that standard. And it seems like, you know, maybe someone at Nintendo didn't think that this Smash World Tour was like enough for their standards, and like they just kind of backed out last minute because <laughs> you know that's not really unheard of for like a lot of like big businesses to even do that. So. Um, it just seems unfortunate that this even had to happen. I, I still, like, wonder why they decide just to... Like like you said, like, they let them know now and not, like, until after the tour was over. Like, you might as well... Like, even if they're saying, oh, you could continue it, like, why even let them know now? Like, you might as well just wait until it was over, you know? So... Yeah.
0: And, you know, it it, it it's obviously, like, two very different messages where it's like, okay, you can do the rest of this year, but you can't do next year. And another message to be like everything's canceled (laughs) you know because that is like a pretty big thing to just cancel the last major event for smash brothers which is everything people have been accruing points for and sort of you know practicing and competing for throughout this entire year especially since because this is the first year where a lot of events were in person once again because of covid sort of you know dying out a little bit you know it's not completely over guys but you know it is a lot safer to be in person and sort of interact with people uh in big events like this but you know i don't don't know what kind of health and safety guidelines that they sent to nintendo for them to be like oh nope nope that's not gonna happen you know we obviously don't know exactly what kind of application they sent in and we don't know you know everything that Nintendo is saying to them and what they're saying to us kind of thing you know obviously this is a PR statement and what they were saying to uh, Smash World Tour isn't as much of a PR statement i would say you know uh, they're very much trying to hopefully very much trying to you know work with them as a secondary sort of uh circuit type uh competitive uh, you know organizer along with the Panda Cup
1: yeah so I mean, hopefully, all this could get sorted because, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, Smash has always been a very, like, grassrooty type of esport to begin with. So I think, like, just having it into, like, one major cup is kind of stupid anyway. I don't know Nintendo is saying they want multiple, but, you know, Panda, you know, at least from this story, seems like they want to shut any of that down. So hopefully they're able to figure this out. And hopefully, Nintendo can actually, like, if the Panda stuff is true, like, actually, like, kind of, you know, punish panda a bit to be like what the hell was that so yeah. cause you know you can't be like oh these are a gold standard of people and then like they're doing a bunch of shady stuff just to be on top so um hopefully all this is resolved hopefully nintendo like kinda uh could bring back smash world tour and like just be like hey you could do the next one now if you want <laughs> so <laughs> yeah like hopefully all this gets resolved but like right now we're still missing you know some information you know we still need panda's response um, yeah until so we could really like say for sure, but mm-hmm. yeah, right now it's not really looking good on Panda, or <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Supposed to just bit.
0: There's so. a lot of protesting, you know, thoughts, and you know, hashtag fuck nintendo kind of thing so um right yeah you know um i know that there's apparently like a contractual obligations people have to meet and actually participate in these panda cup events which if that'll happen i wonder how many of those players are actually going to protest and you know just like not play the game and just like stand back just like you know not, not give a fuck kind of thing so um it might be a similar situation with that one splatoon event where uh they said like uh smash for evo or some shit like that this was like months and months ago damien i don't know if you can remember this but this was like you know a a splatoon tournament and a lot of the teams named it after like a smash thing that was going on or whatever uh, uh, i don't know if you could remember I, that i can remember that yeah someone out there is gonna remember that hopefully if they're still listening but um yeah that's pretty much everything i have to say without repeating myself over and over again but um yeah is there anything else you would like to add good stuff
1: No, I think that's it.
0: All right, so thank you guys for listening to the Travis and Damien podcast episode 101. We will see you guys two weeks from now with another episode.
1: Later.